Games Schmup Timber. I'm Kyle Von Kubik. Hello, I'm John. It's been a week. Yeah. Heard a lot of positive things about people playing eco fighters. Yeah, they were going fucking batshit nuts for it. They started recycling again. Someone's got a green mullet. <laughs> we're here, like I said, for another episode of We Talk Games Pick of the Buck. Uh, we're being overseen this week via self portrait made on a light bright. Stinky the Game Master. I don't even know if that sentence made sense, but that's what he told me to say. It's like the... Well, this will be relevant. It's like the cult of personality they have in North Korea, where it's like, there's a portrait of the dear leader up in the house, and yes. that means he's watching you. Always. This uh, light bright is fairly old and is humming like a broken Vectrex. So I'm going to stay far away from it so I don't get shocked. So this week, uh, we're talking uh, yet another shmup. This one, more in the run-and-gun genre. We're talking about 1997's Shock Troopers for the Neo Geo, put out by SNK, one of our favorite yeah. companies. Made by Saurus Software. Mm, yes. Just at just the tail end of the dinosaur craze, I guess. <laughs> 1997? Yeah, that's fair. So, well, the Lost World came out then, and they were just like... Oh, we're going to call it Tyrannosaurus. Let's just call it Saurus. <laughs> Nobody liked that movie. We're touching on all the uh, touchstones of the 90s pop culture. In the environment, dinosaurs. If you're going to talk about games from the 90s, you can't very well be talking about fucking skinny jeans or whatever it is people talk about these days. <laughs> My question to you, John, is why did Metal Slug get fucking 15 different sequels? But Shock Troopers kind of got the cold shoulder in the SNK library. I think it was to do with the downfall of drum and bass music. And, uh, <laughs> the soundtrack in Shock Troopers relied too heavily on that. Uh, Shock Troopers did get a sequel, though, I do believe. Yes, um, there was a sequel called Shock Troopers Second Squad. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. This game is kind of weird because it's. Basically, if you remember Commando and Marks, yes, it's that kind of top-down run-and-gun. I always equate it to Akari Warriors when I yeah. talk about these type of games, because I guess that's my earliest impression of this type. But the, Merc and uh, Commando are definitely both good examples of where this genome starts for this game. I think Marks more so than Akari Warriors or Commando, because Marks had that destruction yes. thing to it, like, you know, where you're firing rockets off at giant helicopters and stuff. Right. But uh, it's certainly, I've, I've never played, well, I've played a carry warrior since, like, you know, but I never played it back in the day with its, it was a joystick that you could twist. Yes. And uh, I played the NES version, basically, with the ABBA password in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be honest with you, I learned a lot, and, like, about the Neo Geo in general. Like, I learned the majority of what I learned from an episode of that G4 Icon show. Oh, okay, yes, I remember that. 
I was in college at the time, and I remembered I played Neo Geo games when I was a kid in the arcade. Everyone did. I remember like the disappointment every time I'd put in the the coin to play the Double Dragon game, and I'd find out it's a beat 'em up. You know, <laughs> just like ah, uh, no, sorry, it's a fire, not a beat 'em up. Oh yes. You, know, you just you expect this kind of twenty four bit awesome looking side scroll and beat 'em up, and then you're just playing like a really shitty version of Art of Fight with a Robert Patrick gif at the beginning of it, and it just yeah, but anyway, fucking Neo Geo games. Like in college, I got crazy into them, and a friend of mine turned up one year after Christmas. Like, so we all went home and came back, and he turned up and he had this uh, like just a CDR with a Neo Geo emulator and all the games on there. And that's when I first found this as I was going through only for twenty four hours, of course. Sure. But uh, I, I went through like the entire Neo library, and I'd never heard of Shock Troopers. I'd never really heard anyone talk about it. I've never played this in the arcade. I played so many different SNK titles back in the 90s. I don't remember ever seeing this in an MVS unit, which is disappointing because I really w- would have loved to play this properly. But this game's pretty fantastic. <laughs> the soundtrack is funny. Uh, but <laughs> the, the the game is a running gun. I, I you know We gave some examples of the genres, but the feeling of it is very Metal Slug-like where you're just blowing up everything around you. You just also uh, the close combat that happens when you get too close to an enemy with the stabbing or punching them in the maw is very cool. And it's like you said, it's top down, lots of destructible environments, lots of different environments. And what makes this stand out is it's an eight way shooter where you can lock in a position with your gun. If you hold down the fire button and you're pointing up, You'll constantly be shooting up as long as you keep that fire button down while you move the character around. This gets away from the twin stick shooter, and it also kind of opens up a different strategy to the game. Because you can shoot at a diagonal and walk backwards and things like that. And what's also interesting about this game is that there are, let's see here, I believe there's eight different characters to choose from that you can play in teams of three. Or you can just pick one and play a single mission known as the... Lonely Wolf. Oh, Lonely Wolf is so lonely. <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I saw that. I was like, aww. I think they're trying to say Lone Wolf, yeah. but I'm glad they didn't say Lone Wolf. <laughs> didn't even fucking spell it right. No. <laughs> Isn't it L-O-N-L-Y Wolf? Yeah, it's like predating the internet speak. Like, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Can I has Lonely Wolf? Yeah. Such lonely. But, uh, what's weird is like the the team thing is really cool because you can differentiate like who you play as. Like you can just just one button and you can switch them in and out. Yes, and what's but, cool about that is unlike Metal Slug, where the later iterations of that game, I believe, had four different characters you could choose from, but they all is. played exactly the same way. Whereas this game, they play similarly. But some move faster than others, and then they each have a different bomb button. So when you hit the bomb button, they each do different things. Uh, some have a grenade launcher, some have a rocket launcher, some have exploding arrows, uh, some yeah. have boomerangs. Uh, it's cool, and depending on your situation, you might want to swap between these guys. And you know, I don't think for first run in, you're probably not going to want to go that route because you're going to want to get a feel for each of the characters individually. So you might want to have a few deaths under your belt with one of the characters to figure out, okay, this one does that. But there's a lot of replay value here with this team battle. And then when you have two players doing it, 
it, it reminds me of uh, the Marvel versus Capcom tag team and where you're swapping people in and out, you know? Yeah. Another game actually reminded me of, maybe you'll see what I'm talking about, is Nam 1975. Okay, I do see that, yeah. With the evade mechanic. Yes. And, well, the bolt. I forgot to mention that, too. There, Yeah, you can evade shots, which enormously handy. I got a cabal feeling from doing that. I. You know, I know yeah, we yeah. talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago. It's not the same sort of over-the-shoulder diorama shooting game, but that evade feature definitely hit those notes for me. It's really cool. Like, and I mean, now 1975 had the the cartwheel, yes, and, um, it, which was really handy because that game was relentless. Mm-hmm. This game is tough as well, but I think now it'd be tougher. You know, and that is obviously the cabal style game as well. But uh, yeah, it's. It's a really cool game. Like it's animated brilliantly. Uh, I one of my notes here, if I can uh, dig it out, is that guy just fucking exploded. <laughs> <laughs> you you can chain bullets into people, and if you can get them to like stand there and take like twenty bullets, they literally just explode. There's a lot of death animation in this game, which I appreciate. One of them, you can uh, you shoot a dude. And his arm flies off. Yes. And he's lying on the ground and his arm is bleeding out. And that was kind of one of the things that really put like the Neo Geo games above the other like the sixteen bit games on the home systems. It was the little details. The attention to details with the sprite art was head and shoulders above their competition. Now you're talking about the characters there. The Lonely Wolf is more attractive to, to the pace of the game. Because it's a very fast-moving game, and you know yeah. you move in and you can go in and blow the fuck out of people and do all that stuff. But when you are doing the tag mode, picking three characters at the at the continue screen kind of slows the pace of the game down. I find it does. Yes, you know. When you I also start, don't like the fact that it asks you each time, and you're going to continue a lot because, like we talked about, this game is pretty yeah. brutal as far as difficulty, not as far as gameplay or fun factor. Um, but I feel that when you established you want to be a lonely wolf, you should just be a lonely wolf. And yeah. if you don't want to be a lonely wolf and you want to do team battle, it should just be established you want to do team battle. I didn't like selecting after each continue screen again and again, I want to be lonely wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. But <laughs> and that is awkward. If you can get past that, like you're fine. And it is cool to be able to switch between the people, especially if you're doing a two-player because then you can essentially have six characters on screen. Right. You pretty much have the entire roster sans two. I guess we should go through some of these characters, and maybe you'll... I'll go through them, and then you can comment on them. Yeah, okay. Uh, ha- Hailing from America is Jackal. And Jackal. His, yeah, his special is the grenade. He's the, the Cody Axel-looking yes. guy. Yeah, yes. I never picked him. N- neither did I. <laughs> then followed up by Milky, and his... <laughs> <laughs> his... Hailing from France, and, and his uh, special is Napalm. Well, Hilk, Milky is a girl, for one. Yeah, you're right. Milky is the girl, and that's there, very funny. Yeah, Milky. <laughs> now that I know I, her name. <laughs> I, yeah, I picked Milky first time through because I remember, for whatever reason, I just was like, she looks skinny, so she'll probably be fast. And she is. But I remember the name. I was there going... What are they trying to say about that? Because I'm getting a little bit grossed out <laughs> with the name Milky. Well, there is, there is the proud. bounce when you uh, select her. Yeah. She's proud of her uh, posterior as well. <laughs> yeah, she is. 
she likes to show it off every time you continue with her or pick her. It's a little bit desperate on her part, I'll be honest with you. She's bringing women back uh, a bit. Like, she's thinking in Eagle Fighter's terms. <laughs> she uh, needs to be thinking in Mass Effect terms. It's true. I, although, her special, very useful. Especially during the jungle route. We'll get into the routes in a second, but there's a boss battle between... I guess they're like two ninjas with claws, and they're yeah, very fast. Yeah. But there's a moment where they're standing side by side, and I found the napalm to be most effective in defeating them. It's handy when you're fighting people. Like There's a, two types of bosses in this game. There's the uh, big vehicles, and then there's the guys. The weird thing is it's kind of similar to, if you remember, like Bebop and Rocksteady in the Turtles game. Yes. Where they just kind of move to the corners and then strafe down while shooting you. What I noticed, Whereas, though, unlike the, like a lot of haymakers, I couldn't find the sweet spot with a lot of these bosses. I, I tend to find getting close to them was probably the best thing. And hammer that evade button and just intermittently smash them with some bombs or some bullets. Like It tended to be pretty handy. Like, and that's just because of the way I was playing the game. I was going full tilt boogie forward. Like, you know, yeah. it, it was just like, all right, I'm running into you. And because I usually find with Metal Slug as well, is that you're better off getting tight to the enemies because then you'll use the knife. It saves on your ammo. Sure. Don't let me forget about the enemies either. But we'll keep going through the list. Hailing from Norway, Loki, with uh, the special bomb attack, explosive shell. Well, that's cool for the kids now. They'll be like, oh, Hiddleston. Doesn't look like at all. No, I was hoping for the Loki pokey stick, but... That's yeah. not an option because there's no... <laughs> I, haven't, I didn't really use Loki. No, neither did I. From Australia, Southern Cross with the exploding boomerangs. Really oh, enjoyed this character. What was it? He says, Dad, I gotta stand up for justice. <laughs> yes. One of these uh, quotes. But, uh, yeah, he's cool, actually. He's got, like, uh, that boomerang smart bomb. It's almost screen clearer mm-hmm. where uh, it'll kind of swing around and catch a few errant enemies. It's pretty handy. And for a big dude, he moves well. Next on our list is the pride of Putin, Mary B with the rocket launcher. And I didn't play too much of her because I really didn't like her special weapon. Bridget Nielsen, you mean? Yes, Bridget Nielsen, yes. Yeah, yeah. Did you use her at all? Uh, Once, and then I died, and I was like, ah, back to Milky. The other thing, too, is a thing to consider with some of these enemies is they might be fast, but when they do their special attack, it could be relatively slow. And I found that the rocket launcher, when she's hoisting up and firing, just it took too long for the pace of the game. Rio, hailing from Brazil, with the exploding arrow. And Rio, to me, looks a lot like Rambo with a darker tan. At the beginning... I was just like, oh, wait a minute, is this another Native American character? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. The, the fucking Japanese developers taking another stab at those people, but turns out he's from Brazil. Uh, he was actually all right. Like, his arrow thing was pretty cool. I liked it. It's it, very quick. He sounds like a sad wolf, though, whenever he speaks. <laughs> he does. Like, no! <laughs> you know, he just makes these weird noises. And you can tell he's dying to do a bit of capoeira the way he's... Uh, he extends his body in these victory poses. Definitely. He's very limber looking. <laughs> Hailing from Japan, Maru, a.k.a. Yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Kim Jong-un. Hailing from Pyongyang. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, with, yeah. 
oddly enough, his special weapon is a gas grenade, which is very fitting if he is Kim Jong-un. If he had a malfunctioning nuke as his weapon, that would be handy. I played him a little bit. I really enjoyed his voice acting. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, the, the weird thing is that there was this kind of thing back in the day, much like, you know, animal-powered robots. In Japanese games, there was usually a fat guy who looked like that in every one of these games. With those like in, tiny little sunglasses. Yeah, like in Fatal Fury, the, the, the businessman mm-hmm. with the wavy hands. He's of that mold as well. And uh, I believe the bosses actually in Gunstar Heroes, one or two of them actually look like that. they got the, the center part hair mm-hmm. with the little sunglasses and the, the kind of chubby cheeks. Yeah. And, of course, the will to uh, crush the North Korean people's spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's all right, actually, Maru is. He's good. But, uh, I'd pick him just because of his portliness over I would like the... The dude who I've forgotten his name at the beginning. Oh, Loki? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and last on our list, uh, one of my favorite characters to play as, Big Mama, who yeah. looks like she just stepped out of a glow ring, and yeah. her special ability is the grenade launcher. I don't know if you've seen Kick-Ass 2. I have not seen Kick-Ass 2. Well, you should watch it, because it's a very underrated film, and it's like a trauma movie at times. There's a lot of disgusting humor in it, and people got all offended by it because they're pussies. But anyway, <laughs> the comic book version of Mother Russia and her look very like, and but that the the Mother Russia version in the comics is very much like. Uh, do you remember the um, the woman in the Dark Knight Returns who had the swastika? Ah, um, uh, yes, I know. On her nipples. Yes. Very much that kind of mold. The big bruiser with mm. the short hair and the massive cans. <laughs> <laughs> They're fairly well differentiated from one another, apart from the Russian woman and the American dude. They look very similar. Yes. Oddly enough, with this multicultural cast of characters, not too many racial stereotypes, which kind of shocked me. Yeah, it wasn't 1992 anymore. It was 1997 that gotten over that. Like, I guess, you know? yeah. It's surprising because, you know, Japan's been a little behind with <laughs> some of the sensitivity. Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe Public Enemy finally got big in, <laughs> in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah. of that cast of characters, you can choose one or you can choose three. And you begin the game and you start traveling through what essentially breaks down to three different route options. There's a jungle there's a mountain, and then there's a valley. And as you run through them, the environments change, lots of explosions, lots of destructible environments. And we're, again, we're going to talk about the scaling of sprites, this sort of Mode 7 thing where uh, there's perspective as these enemies jump from off-camera to in-camera to down onto the screen. I, I don't know if I'm describing it correctly. You, you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, there, right? It's, well, it's an isometric perspective. So whereas in Metal Slug, the guys that come down from out of frame, vertically, these guys kind of, like, yeah, they, they scale in, like an art of fighting. Right, Similar. they jump into the screen. It's like, you know when you go to the movies and there's that Dolby 3D thing? Yes. And you're watching it in 2D, and the green ball comes out of the right, but it's supposed to be in 3D, but you're you're there to watch a movie just in 2D, so they play, <laughs> they play the same. Look, if I get, uh, you have to let me away with this. At least I'm not talking about a fucking Ghostbusters thing from the 70s. Alright? <laughs> Just indulge me, alright? I will. If I can sit through that, I can pretty much sit through anything. 
Oh, what the fuck is that about? I will say, though, the lead guy, the Kong guy, moved light on his feet. Definitely a dancer. <laughs> I don't know if he paid much attention to the story. There's, like, um, a granddaughter. Her grandfather created uh, something that's similar to Venom. From yeah, Alpha 301. Yeah, Venom. it's some sort of steroid that can create super soldiers, and this dude wants it, so he kidnaps the granddaughter. He has a hair and a beard that are joined completely as well. <laughs> yes. He His looks face. like a villain from, and I've never even played the, any games from this franchise, but he looks like a Phoenix Wright villain. Yes, he does, yeah. It's amazing how well his hair matches together with his, <laughs> his beard, you know. And he also wants to bring around the New World Order, and this game was made in 97, so that was relevant back then. Yes. And this is before the Wolfpack split, of course. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is completely Never relevant forget. to this game. Yeah, this is it's completely relevant to this game because it's a wolf-based team system. Lonely wolf, but, uh, the lonely yeah. wolf pack. <laughs> Look, that was just Macho Man when he was injured. I was but, gonna uh, say that was Dross. <laughs> Did you play all three uh, routes in this game? Just because of time constraints, because we only have seven days between each show. Yeah, and we're uh, both working men. Yes, uh, I was only <laughs> able to play through Jungle. And um, I got a little into Mountain, and that was it. Yeah, well, I've played Mountain and Jungle, but today, for the first time, I realized I, I hadn't really played Valley before. So I played through Valley, and the stages are all really well designed. Beautiful. Like, it's got replay value. Yes. In ways that other arcade games don't. If you had an arcade game that you had to pump money into, you can play this game for a year and never see all of it. Like, you know? Yes, it does have this sort of fork-in-the-road option, which I think it was Capcom who put out the Dungeons & Dragons yeah. arcade games, where it had that as well, where you could take this door or go up the stairs, and you'd choose, and you'd never see what was up the stairs because you chose door. That's happening in this game as well with the different route options that you can take. Yeah, it's... It all eventually ends in the, la- the same final stage. And the music in this game, uh, a personal anecdote, a few months ago now at this point, I was playing this game in a friend of mine's house, and it was about four in the morning, and we were all after imbibing quite a bit of alcohol. <laughs> and uh, we, myself and my buddy Seb were standing there playing it, and we just stopped all of a sudden, almost at the same time, going, wait a minute, man, the drum and bass soundtrack on this is great. <laughs> you know? It's uh, it's got a weird kind of mix of MIDI metal. Yeah, it's an odd bass. choice, but it fits the game. Yeah, SNK did that quite a bit back in the day. Where they were up to date with their music. If you remember Garu Market of Wolf, that had a current dance music mm-hmm. song in the background, which was so weird. I remember, like, of all the weird things and all the weird arcade games, the fact that there was something from like the real world was so mental back then. Right, because it was everything was done in-house like you know so to hear licensed music in an arcade game was so strange i don't know what kind of sound equipment they were working with on the neo geo but they did some impressive stuff back then like especially compared to genesis the mega drive which sounded like like the bass on the mega drive sometimes sounded just like balls bouncing around or something it had that weird kind of echoey round kind of sound to it. I mean, I don't know if it's such a fair comparison because when you had the Neo Geo at home, you pretty much had the guts of the arcade cabinet at home. And it was was very impressive for its time. So it pretty much blew away its competitors. But the price point is really what stopped it from being 
the most successful arcade console of its time because it probably would have if it was more affordable. <laughs> it's such well, a yeah, high the power games adventure. didn't cost was it two hundred and fifty dollars yeah, each. Yeah. Um, you could buy a fucking Super Nintendo probably for that amount of money, like and, and a grab bag of ga- games too that they were yeah. trying to get rid of. <laughs> like yeah. like Buster Brothers or fucking Snow Brothers or something else with brothers in the title. Clayfire. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> or Claymates. You could have somebody yeah, yeah. Uh, recommend that to you. Um, since you brought it up, I actually like the Mega Drive or the the Genesis's sound, but it's oh, yeah. very distinct to it, yeah. and it didn't always work, and it wasn't always pleasing to hear. But when people cared and they paid enough attention to it, they could actually make very good music. And you heard it in the Sonic games. The Sonic games had probably some of the best tracks. Lovely, that, uh, crunchy sound effects of the Mega Drive as well. Yeah, and in a good way. Yeah, like um, the sound of blocks breaking is much better. Right. The, like when you play like the the blocks breaking from Super Mario World versus blocks breaking in even when Sonic runs through the walls. Yeah. Those sounds in the Genesis are so much more chunky and crunchier. Like, it's really cool stuff. Yeah, I'm very fond of that. But I do understand what you're saying because they're contemporaries in some respects. So, yes, by far. I mean, and a lot of people say that the Super Nintendo had better music, which I agree with. I like what the Genesis did. It was different. It was like if you sat down a robot and you said, robot, make music. And it had to come up with music. That's what I imagined it would sound like. But the music in this game is, is, I think, an odd choice, but it fits. Yeah. And uh, it just adds to the fun and excitement of the game, which there it's bountiful in this game. It reminds yeah, me a lot, and this is very strange, but the game reminds me a lot of Fortified Zone for the original Game Boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I'm very fond of that game, and I really don't know why, because it's not like a great game, but it had the same top-down isometric view had nice big sprites, especially for the Game Boy, and it had gun power-ups. And to me, it's very similar. And if you want to see a very stripped-down version of this game running on antiquated Texas instrument components, check out Fortified Zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you want to have some, a lot of fun, definitely check this game out, because it is a blast, pun intended. If you want to play something that's a bit more updated, I'd recommend checking out the Red Star on PS2. Oh, Okay. It's the very definition of a hidden gem, right? Nobody has played it. <laughs> but this game is a mix of kind of, of a beat-em-up style game and a bullet hell kind of thing. So you'll be running through the stage and you can shoot or use melee attacks. And you can do combos and everything in that game as well. It's amazing. And uh, you beat up all these enemies, but then you'll run into bosses that let out those cave-style bullet hell patterns. Oh, cool. Something. Every time I introduce it to someone, they're like, wait a minute, how the fuck did I not know about this before, you know? Because it came out in 2008 or seven or something, like, yeah. you know? But you can get it now for, like, a euro or a dollar or whatever the fuck it is you used to buy shit with, like, you know? It's really worth tracking down, like... Well, I'll uh, check it out between now and next week, because, again, we don't know what's going to happen, so it looks like it's you and I for the first week of October. It's Halloween Havoc Moon, isn't it, or... <laughs> Someone there about just play WCW games. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're running out of time, so there's no time for pick of the buck. But let's jump on over for this week's pro player tip. Magic suck. Will you. Magic suck. 
Uh, hey everybody, it's Stinky Game Master here for your Blow Blair Blip for Schmuptember, the last episode of Schmuptember and Schmuptember. Hey, what game is this? Uh, Frontline. What you want to do is you want to hit a tank with a grenade and then uh, you, you jump in a tank and then you frontline yourself away around there and you go doot 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 doo, and you throw a bomb and it's a grenade and uh, I don't know, you know, confederate. Uh, shock Troopers. Now this is for your Neo Geo, and uh, Neo Geo did not make Frontline. So you want to try to not play Frontline on your Neo Geo, because uh, you need a spinner knob, three-level lift. You might try some elevator shoes. In Shock Troopers, you're going to want to go up, down, left, or right, maybe some of the diagonals. So just use your joystick to move around in this game. After that, if you take the mountain route, you're going to get to the stage 3 boss, and he's a bulldozer. Well, here's your blow blare blip. That's a fucking forklift. It's not a bulldozer. And once you beat up the forklift, then you have to fight the forklift driver. You know you smell pot. Now he's mad at you because you narked on him to the foreman. His pattern's pretty easy to figure out. He'll throw three pipe bombs at a time. He shoots really slow bullets. If you hear him cock his rifle... That means he's going to shoot a wide swath of cock bullets. I'm sinking the game master until next Schmuptober. Signing off. A-OK. 10-4. Out. Tank. No time for pick of the buck. I'm putting my foot down. We're running out of time. I'm getting the flashing red lights. For this week's show, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. I'm Johnny Capcom. We will see you next week on We Talk Games Pick of the Buck. Bye. Dirt, 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 dirt